Hello and welcome back to the IDC Tech Talk podcast. I am your host, Miles Dawson, and I'm very happy today to be joined by IDC's device research team, Francisco Geronimo and Tom Manelli. Hi, guys. Hey, how are you? Hello. Um, so I wonder, just for our listeners, if you could give yourselves a quick introduction, a little bit about what you cover at IDC and uh, your research coverage. Francisco, do you want to go first? Hey, I cover the research on uh, devices in uh, Europe, uh, so looking at all kind of consumer devices from smartphones to tablets, wearables, smart home, etc. Fantastic. And uh, Tom? Yes, uh, I'm a Group VP. Uh, my team covers uh, the same list of devices that Francisco mentioned in the US and worldwide. Brilliant. Well, great to have you both here. Now, today we wanted to review Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference. So, Francisco, why don't you kick off and just give us a bit of background about what it is and uh, why you wanted to talk about it. Yeah, this is the Apple's biggest developer conference. So basically, they bring together all developers uh, developing uh, applications and, and the software based on their tools and for their products. And it's it's a big and huge event. Um, myself and Tom attended uh, last week in uh, in San Jose, and it was a massive event for for Apple and and for the industry in general. I wanted to start off by asking some kind of, sort of top-line highlights of the show. So, uh, Tom, do you want to go first and give us some ideas about uh, what your key takeaways were? Sure. Well, I've been uh, very focused on augmented reality, and so I thought, you know, one of the key takeaways, and, and, uh, and of course this is a developer's conference, was to focus on uh, some new AR uh, developer tools, including ARKit 3, a new product called Reality Kit, uh, and then Reality Composer. So um, we can dig into that a little bit more uh, as we uh, move along. Uh, we saw Apple really double or maybe triple down on privacy, uh, and they announced uh, something new called Sign In with Apple uh, that I think is, is going to really uh, make some waves uh, with regard to uh, how people sign into websites and apps. They announced the end of iTunes, at least on Macs, uh, which was a long time coming. Uh, and then they announced uh, a new version of Mac OS. Uh, it's 10.5 uh, and really brought a bunch of new features uh, to that OS uh, that make it feel a little bit more like iOS. Brilliant. Thanks. Thanks very much, Tom. So, Francisco, same question to you. Yeah, no, uh, that's key, key takeaways. Being this the, the, the developers conference, of course, the focus is mainly uh, on developers, the tools. Uh, AR uh, uh, kit and the other tools on AR, but also um, developer tools and frameworks that they have and they launch like a Swift UI, a tool that will make developing uh, applications a lot easier and faster for developers. If we look into the, the, the main announcements, uh, uh, Swift UI, as I mentioned, and Xcode 11, a very important announcements, uh, but also the developments and, and the, um, the new, even the new iPad OS uh, that they announced at the, the WWDC, the Watch OS 6, and then of course the Mac Pro and the display, and even the stand were the, the stars of the show. Yeah, that, that got a lot of headlines in the stand, didn't it? But we'll talk about that in a bit. <laughs> so let's let's actually pick up on watchOS, first of all. Um, so it comes with independent store now. Um, why do you think that's going to be so important? Yeah, that's, that's a very, it was a very interesting announcement. And of course, uh, 
users have been, or, or, or in general the industry, they have been uh, talking about having the watch uh, independent from the iPhone. And I think uh, this time it's definitely happened. And that will bring a much better experience to end users. So we don't need to rely on the phone to, to run certain apps, which will make the, which will give a much faster experience when accessing the, the apps. And of course, it will also open new revenue streams, opportunities for developers. They don't need to develop to uh, the, the phone so to, to have those applications running on, on the, the wrist and the, the Apple Watch. The Apple Watch is not anymore or will not be anymore just the extension of the phone. It will be an independent platform with independent apps and potentially independent services. And that's very interesting to see how it will uh, evolve over time. So uh, the other course, the other big platform you mentioned, of course, that had a new operating system uh, was the iPad. So it's still got iOS, but it's a specifically uh, catered version just for the iPad, isn't it? So so is, is it going to get to the point now where the iPad's going to fully replace my laptop? Can I use it instead? or is it's, it? It's, yeah, it's another step forward in that direction. Uh, we have seen uh, strong growth from detachable tablets, so basically tablets that come with a detachable keyboard. Um, they now account for 20% of the total tablet shipments um, uh, by the end of the first quarter this year. And of course, the, the iPad is one of the main drivers for that growth. And as we use uh, products like, like the iPad Pro, we tend to be less and less dependent on the laptop. And I think the new features, the, the new multitasking features, the redesigned, uh, re redesigned uh, home screen, and the developments around the, the browser, file management, support for SD cards and, and uh, USB, those are the kind of features that will make me use the iPad and the, and the tablet with a keyboard a lot more than the laptop. We don't believe it will completely uh, um, take away the laptop from our lives, but it will definitely help us to be less dependent on, on a notebook and the laptop um, from now on. So not quite getting rid of my laptop yet, but it's, it's getting there. Um, as the new operating systems are released, one app that isn't going to be there, or at least not in its name anymore, is iTunes. That's going to be, uh, it's going to be gone. It's not going to be there anymore. Uh, well, at least it will probably be there, but just not under the same name. So Tom, tell us about that. Um, this, this app that's been with Apple almost seemingly since the very beginning of their digital revolution is, is no more. What's, what's happening there? Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Uh, it, it's been telegraphed, the end of iTunes, uh, and that particular app, you know, really, uh, to your point, helped cement uh, Apple's place in the household uh, as they made that transition, as they tried to sell iPods, frankly. Um, iTunes was this very powerful application. It's really Apple acknowledging that iTunes, which had kind of become this catch-all, had become you know, very unwieldy. Uh, and so they're breaking it into, into three different apps. Uh, I thought the way they handled it was pretty interesting. Uh, you know, they, they basically made some jokes at iTunes expense uh, about adding uh, yet more features, including calendaring and email, uh, and then acknowledge, no, actually we're going to get rid of it. So it's, um, I would say it's, it's bittersweet because iTunes really was a big part of what made that iPod and, and Apple more broadly successful and, and able to transition, uh, I think, from a struggling 
you know, PC company uh, into the giant company it is today, uh, but it was time. Customers will be happy uh, with three smaller, easier to use apps versus one big app that tried to do everything and, and in the end wasn't really doing very much of it well. Okay, so you do think then that Apple fans will be happier in the long run if they if they're fo- you know, they've got the development focus on these three separate apps rather than just, to, as you say, like a catch-all for everything? Yeah, I think, uh, I think it's a net win. Uh, certainly, there will be a small and perhaps vocal group uh, that complains a little bit about it because uh, there's always one of those groups, particularly when you ask somebody to change something uh, that's been a part of their world uh, for 18 plus years. Um, but I think, uh, you know, net, net, it's a good thing. All right. Well, um, I'm going to take you for a different direction here and mention, you, you mentioned earlier on sort of the highlights of the developer conference of the AR tools. Now, this isn't something I've actually read about, so I'd love to hear more about it and how you think it's going to impact the market. Yeah, it's, uh, Apple has for a few years now uh, really been uh, one of the big drivers around the concept of uh, augmented reality on mobile devices. And so, you know, all the latest and greatest iPhones and iPads uh, support uh, augmented reality. And so Apple is already up to ARKit 3, uh, which is a SDK that lets developers create augmented reality experiences to run on iPhones and iPads. And the new uh, ARKit 3 builds in some new features, including uh, motion capture and uh, occlusion. And occlusion is when you take a digital object and place it in front of or behind a person uh, that you're seeing on the screen. So they're they're creating the tools for developers to create more uh, realistic uh, and immersive AR experiences. And then they, in addition to ARKit 3, uh, they rolled out uh, two new tools, uh, Reality Composer and Reality Kit. And Composer basically makes it easier for developers to create interactive augmented reality experiences, even if um, they've not developed for that in the past. And uh, Reality Kit uh, is a framework with photorealistic rendering. Uh, so, so basically, makes it easier to do animations and physics and different stuff inside of AR uh, for developers who don't have experience there. And I think all of this is important because for starters, a lot of consumers are going to have their first AR experiences on phones and tablets. Uh, Google has a sort of a comparable uh, SDK uh, called uh, AR Core. Uh, And then there's some other third party uh, SDKs out in the world uh, from companies like PTC uh, that drive the same experiences on mobile devices. But I think this is important um, today for getting people acclimated with AR, but I think it's probably even more important for what we expect from Apple in a year, two years, three years from now. Uh, we, we, we expect them uh, to ship a pair of glasses and, and all of this development around AR, it's very interesting on a phone but I think it'll be world-changing on a pair of glasses. And so we're seeing Apple basically set its developers up to begin creating applications uh, that will drive uh, new AR experiences down the road. Absolutely. And talking of developing new um, applications, uh, Francisco, why don't you tell us a little bit about SwiftUI? And um, what's the what's the kind of importance and significance of that? Yeah, that that was definitely by far the star of the show 
uh, with developers. We spoke with a few developers at the event and they were really excited with, with the announcement of Swift uh, UI. Um, just as a background, Swift is a language that Apple launched five years ago um, for developers to, to develop on, on their platforms. And it has been growing quite uh, exponentially. Uh, they announced at the event that there are currently uh, 450,000 apps uh, built with, uh, uh, with Swift. So this is a massive tool for developers uh, that want to develop into the, the Apple ecosystem. And this new Swift UI is basically a new user, user interface framework to build apps and to build user interface with simple declarations. So basically, instead of having to write every single line of code, by using this new tool, they will be able to, to build their apps much faster uh, than before. It will save them um, uh, hours and hours of, of time coding. And of course, this is critical for, for developers. The, the time to market, to launch and update their apps is crucial. And what is also important is that this tool, with this tool, they will be able to uh, deploy applications across different platforms um, much faster. So they don't need to build an application for an iPad and the same application for the iPhone. Uh, they will be able to, by using this tool, to deploy the application across the different uh, devices almost uh, automatically and that was uh, basically one of the the, the biggest uh, reasons why developers were so excited because it will help them a lot uh, bringing more and more applications to market and in my opinion will also bring the opportunity to uh, those enterprises and 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 uh, those amateurs that like to build apps or need to build some apps, but they don't have the, the, the full uh, skills and expertise to build those apps. And by using this Swift UI, they will be able to bring their, their apps to, to the market or to the corporate environment in a much faster and cheaper way. Absolutely. Now, and of course, if you're an application developer and you use this and you develop a new app that you want someone to sign into, Apple have got something for you there as well, don't they, Tom? So um, what, tell us a little bit about signing with Apple and how you think that's going to affect uh, Apple's competitors like Twitter, Facebook and Google. Yeah, I thought this was a, was a really interesting announcement from Apple. So uh, any, anybody who's spent any time in apps or on the web uh, knows that companies like Facebook, Twitter, Google uh, have offered uh, these universal sign-in ability. Uh, but what comes with that is the fact that you know these companies are then tracking uh, in that app or at least recognizing that you're using the app or using the website. And so Apple has uh, for many years and then very specifically uh, under Tim Cook really uh, made a strong argument that uh, they're all about privacy uh, with with each OS rev, uh, with each new uh, piece of hardware that they ship out in the world. They make a real concerted effort to talk about how they're protecting people's privacy, how they're doing a lot of computation on the device instead of in the cloud, that they're not tracking where you go or what you do. And so by offering uh, sign-in with Apple, they're, they're taking this to another level and, and essentially saying, you know, if you sign in with Apple, uh, we won't track you. Um, and, and what's interesting about this is um, they, they put it out there in the world, uh, and I think there was a strong positive reaction. Uh, you know, sort of the, uh, 
the fine print is that if you're a developer who offers sign-in uh, through any of those other vendors that we mentioned, you're going to have to offer a sign-in uh, with Apple. And so, you know, there has been some hand-wringing about whether or not Apple's strong position in the App Store, if they're uh, potentially abusing that power. Um, I think Apple would respond with that to say, hey, we're not, you know, we're far from a monopoly. Uh, the, the Google Store uh, has a lot more users uh, than the App Store for, for Apple. Um, but I think it's, you know, it, it's very indicative of where Tim Cook thinks Apple should be playing with regards to privacy. And I think, you know, one thing that we've really seen is a, is a shift towards more consumers uh, paying more attention uh, to how their data is being collected and used. Uh, and I think this could be a real differentiator for Apple going forward. Absolutely. Well, guys, this this has been a really fascinating discussion, and thank you for all your insight. Um, I think we're going to finish off now by having a quick chat about the cheese grater. Sorry, the Mac Pro. Uh, of course, uh, the last Mac Pro was famously known as the, as the trash can, and this one's now immediately been coined as the cheese grater. So I thought I'd bring it up and say any final comments on this new powerhouse that uh, that Apple have created, and uh, and any kind of takeaways there, Francisco. That, that- a power a powerhouse that comes on the format of a stand. That's what we shall be talking about. <laughs> <laughs> now that's that's one of the categories and one of the products that was um, on in the works for for some time. And and we we should not forget that the the the, the, the type of users that will be interested in this kind of uh, or in this Mac Pro, uh, it's basically the core and fans of of Apple. Uh, from the beginning, we are talking about uh, video makers, creators, etc., photographers that really need high-end devices and processing capability, and that's basically what the Mac Pro, uh, this monster computer, uh, brings to uh, to this very small niche segment, but that really makes a difference for for Apple. Just to give you some one example, they they launched the Apple launched the first Mac Pro in 2006 and they have shipped over 3.0 million units which generated nearly 10 billion US dollars. So this is not even if it's a, a limited market opportunity, it's a big business for Apple. And of course this new product and the flexibility that brings to creators it's not the, the, the price that will uh, put them off because they can easily pay the investment in mm-hmm. one single project in many cases. So uh, even if people complain about the price, we, mm-hmm. we cannot forget this is not for a normal professional, normal mm-hmm. consumer uh, who needs this kind of capabilities for very high-end uh, professionals that use this kind of uh, processing power. Definitely. Tom, would you agree? Yeah, I think you know the other thing that the Mac Pro represents is is Apple, uh, you know, designing the best of the best. Uh, to Francisco's point, and I think what's really interesting here is not only are they using industry standard parts like Intel processors, but they've also uh, built um, you know accelerator technology uh, that drives uh, better process and use case uh, for those high end content creators. The other thing that I think um, is important about the Mac Pro, and particularly this announcement, is uh, we all believe that Apple will, at some point in the future, uh, shift the rest of its Mac line over to ARM processors, their own A-series processors. 
And I think one of the questions going into this WWDC was if they announce a new Mac Pro, are they going to announce a product and then six months, 12 months, 18 months from now make it obsolete by announcing that they're shifting off of Intel uh, over to ARM? And I think what they what they did was, you know, very effectively say there is always going to be a need for this ultra high end uh, Xeon processor based PC. And this is our entry into the space. And then I have to say, uh, before we close out, you mentioned the stand. It was really the only uh, sort of off key throughout this very long keynote. The new um, display, 6K display, it's a high price device, but again, it, uh, it is competing with other products that cost even more. But there was a fair amount of discontent about the $1,000 stand. So a lot of these high-end creators won't be buying the stand because they already have one, but I do I do think it was, uh, you know, perceptually and optically, it, it wasn't a great look for Apple uh, to, to basically roll out this very high-end device and then say, also, we're going to charge you $1,000 for the stand. And, and probably even more problematic was the $200 uh, Visa mount adapter. So $200 for a piece of metal that would let you attach it to the, to the old stand. So, but... But those dis, you know, discordant notes aside, a uh, very interesting product. Uh, and I think a lot of Mac Pro users have been waiting two, three, four, five years for a product just like this, and they're gonna be very happy. Fantastic. Well, um, guys, I'm afraid that is all the time we have for today. So I want to thank you all very much for listening. And uh, please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. You can follow us on iTunes. Well, not for long. <laughs> It'll be uh, Apple Podcasts eventually, but uh, SoundCloud as well, or wherever you like to get your podcasts. And if you want to join in the discussion, uh, you can follow us on YouTube or on Twitter or on LinkedIn. Just look for us there, IDC Amir or IDC Inc. Uh, for the American side of things. Thank you all very much. Thank you. And, uh, well, see you next time. Uh, thanks for having me.